You're listening to a podcast from 702. Another big story that we're going to look at, and in fact, we're going to look at that story very, very shortly. It is the statement that came earlier on today. Statement of the chairperson of the interministerial committee set up by the cabinet to consider the implications of the decisions of certain banks and audit firms to close their accounts and or withdraw auditing services from Obey Investments. We'll look at that statement now. What's happened this week, and I, you know, I would like you to just think a little bit about it and, and talk to me about it, because I think this week has been extraordinary in the South African political landscape. It was the Deputy President, Cyril Ramaphosa, who earlier spoke about um, we shouldn't portray this image of the government fighting itself. But it continued. And consider these examples. Uh, clearly, the uh, Praveen Gordon versus the Hawks one has been ongoing, but again, it continued this week. In fact, yesterday, you remember, we spoke to uh, Praveen Gordon's lawyers who insist that he has been ill-treated by the Hawks. So that's been ongoing. But also this week, Cocta Minister uh, Des Van Royen openly attacking Praveen Gordon, right? You also this week had Treasury uh, openly uh, attacking ESCOM or vice versa. Uh, following the documents that were supposed to be taken there, back and forth. You had that story. Now, there's a story that we haven't been covering, but also it's a very interesting story, uh, again, of uh, a cabinet minister fighting a, an organ of state. And that's the story of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa versus Telecoms Minister Siabong Atwele uh, over the, the regulator's decision to issue the invitation to apply for access to a valuable radio frequency spectrum. He's actually taking them to court. Uh, so there's a court case, uh, or, or at least he sent them a deadline, uh, gave them 15 days in which to come back and talk to him about these issues. So there's that as well going on. Then there's the statement. This uh, very confusing statement in a sense. And I say confusing because I would want to know where exactly does it come from. Is this the IMC, meaning the interministerial committee that was set up by cabinet to look at this Gupta issue versus the banks? Or is it a cabinet statement? Somewhere it says cabinet has resolved uh, to, uh, to do this certain thing. So we'll certainly get more clarity around this issue. But among other things, this statement is now calling for a judicial inquiry, right? Um, but also, at some point, it talks about how it was seized briefly with the implications of legal action against Re- the Reserve Bank and Treasury. So you have government considering uh, legal action against the Reserve Bank and Treasury. So it would, uh, if you wanted to b- break it down, it would here be the minister, Sebenzi um, Zwane, who is the chairman of this IMC, versus Treasury Minister, i.e. Pravin Gordon. And you've got to say, but what exactly is happening in government? Now, yesterday in Parliament, you would have heard the Deputy President uh, saying that, um, uh, no, everything is under control, there's some sort of decorum, etc. I wonder, it just doesn't look like it. In fact, every day you get more evidence that it's not very well, that government is fighting itself, that there is just so much happening in government. I wonder what you think. I mean, ultimately, you've got to say, where does it put the country? What does it mean about the economy? What does it mean about uh, just where we're going as a country if you have all of these bets um, coming up in different places? I would like to get your thoughts there on 011883 It's 14 now after 3. Alani Gwala. On 702. All right, let's discuss the statement further then. I'm on the line now to Martin Madlala. Martin Madlala is the spokesperson for uh, Minister of Mineral Resources. Mr. Madlala, good to talk to you. Good day to you and your listeners, sir. 
Thanks indeed for coming through. Right, so I just want to start off by quoting the first paragraph here. You say on the 13th of April 2016, Cabinet established an interministerial committee to consider allegations that certain banks and other financial institutions acted unilaterally and allegedly in collusion when they closed bank accounts and or terminated contractual relationships with Oak Bay Investments. The IMC was chaired by myself, the Minister of Mineral Resources. I just wonder... In, in, in doing this work, then, in, in finding out the facts around this, what exactly did you do? Take us through that. Um, the, as it states in the statement, the IMC conducted a number of meetings, um, specifically with um, the various banks that we have in the country, uh, several financial institutions and insurance companies, um, also engaged with uh, the company itself, Oak Bay Investments, uh, through its representatives um, and engaged also with uh, the government's institutions established to manage the bank- banking sector. Right. So th- those are the people that you spoke to. But then yes. what were the findings of uh, those interactions? Uh, the, f- the findings are represented in the, in the, rep- in the, in the proposals that, is, that are made uh, by by the IMC uh, through its chair, which is to that it proposes that a further investigation be done through a uh, judicial um, commission um, to, to to further investigate some of the um, the, the issues there uh, through through that format. All right, just uh, if the president deems it uh, fit and appropriate. All right, so on that one. I just want to know whether were you able to establish whether these financial institutions acted unilaterally and in collusion when they closed these banks or not? When they closed these accounts or not? The IMC feels as though it's it's worthy of further investigation and as such feels that it should be further explored through that format. But why should it be further explored? Is it because there is prima facie evidence that perhaps they did act in collusion or unilaterally? Uh, judicial, um, a judicial uh, commission would have some extended powers to, uh, to investigate that the IMC doesn't necessarily. Um, and it's felt that it's, uh, you know, to extend the investigation would produce some additional results. Um, that would be beneficial to the country as well. But I still don't understand the basis upon which then you're calling for this judicial inquiry. Is it because you found that there was wrongdoing on the, on the part of the banks that you're then saying, well, let's escalate it because there's evidence here that maybe somebody somewhere abused their powers? <clears throat> the, the assertion of the IMC is that it's worthy of further investigation. So it's on the basis that there's a sense that it's a it's a matter that's worthy of further exploration on those grounds that was stated in the statement, which is to say that it's uh, it's a matter that that is of you know is of significance and should be explored further. So the IMC does feel as though that there's there's there's, there's <clears throat> that there's further investigation to be done to. To, to make those conclusive statements that you are that you are asking about, so the there the, the is a prima facie uh, position to be clarified by the judicial uh, uh, commission.
Is there? Because then if there is a prima facie case, you're contradicting yourself on point number E, where you say... Um, evidence presented to the IMC suggested that all of South Africa's power vests in the hands of very specific institutions, institutions who have shown their ability to act unilaterally, or that who have shown that their ability to act unilaterally is within their mandate and protected. Um, but that is also to be read with the other point, which is to for the judicial uh, commission to determine if the, the the mandate should stay the same. So it's to explore if the, the mandate should stay as is as well. So it's not the, the, the point E is not to be read alone. It's to be read in the context of the points preceding it. Okay, fine. Let me just as go well. back, f- further back. You say in your statement, although the Minister of Finance was a member of the, constitu- of the constituted IMC, he did not participate in its meetings. Why did he not participate? Uh, you would have to engage with the Minister of Finance and his communicating team to to give representation thereupon. I, I have no mandate to speak on his behalf. But why was it necessary to point this out in a statement? Because yeah, it's an articulation of fact. So. But you didn't tell me about the other members, so why are you telling me about this one member in the statement? Well, uh, just to clarify, who the the IMC as a well, it's to represent that the other members did participate, and it's reflective of their participation as a collective, with the exception of the member who did not participate. Okay, so you wanted the public to know that this particular one member did not participate, even though you're not telling us who the other members are and what their role were, roles were. There had been previous. Uh, clarifications of the of the IMC's uh, construct and I maybe should have clarified the full the full membership of the IMC if that is your point then one takes it but I'm I'm also I'm also wondering about this point um, that the chairperson of the IMC and I'm assuming because you say I should ask the minister I'm assuming that the chairperson didn't ask why the chairperson why did the chairperson not ask another member? Why are you not participating in this? We were uh, duly constituted no, had, by cabinet. You had asked, you had, you had asked me to, to make representations on behalf of the minister. No, um, of I wasn't. I wasn't. What I was asking you attend. is, because you're speaking on behalf of the chairperson, I wanted you to tell yes. me whether the chairperson knows why one member of the IMC was not participating. Um, I... I, uh, well, I'll have to revert with, uh, with, with, with Minister and, and, and provide that information. Okay. I do not have it. All right, fantastic. Let's move on then. Um, there's another part where you say a report of recommendations was tabled at Cabinet. I'm assuming that it's this Wednesday's Cabinet meeting where this matter was tabled. Um, it, I'm also not the communicator on behalf of Cabinet and therefore cannot communicate on behalf of cabinet. So you, you, you won't be able to tell me which cabinet meeting considered this matter? Uh, it had been pre- presented at, um, at, at a... Ooh. I'd have to I'd have to confirm which okay. of the uh, fair, fair point. Fair, fair, you, and you continue to say after discussion of the report, cabinet has now resolved as follows. Now, what I'd like to know around this is whether what follows, the recommendations, are... Cabinet recommendations or interministerial committee recommendations? Please cl- clarify that for me. 
Um, as presented, there are the representations of the IMC. No, but the and statement says cabinet has now resolved as follows. So, what it means that is that it's a cabinet resolution. Um, yeah, yes, it does in, in its presentation, sir. But is it cabinet resolution or the IMC's resolution? It is. The, it is that. It is the IMC's resolution as presented to cabinet. Yeah, but it wasn't resolved by cabinet. Why? Why are you? Pre, why are you presenting it as if it is something that comes out of cabinet? I uh, would have to revert to you on that as well. But do you accept that there is a misleading statement that suggests that this is cabinet telling us this, when in fact it's the IMC telling us this? The yes, sir. The statement was on behalf of the IMC, and as such, my mandate is only to speak on behalf of the, of the IMC. Uh, but what I want to know from you is, do you accept that the statement is misleading? Um, insofar, yes, sir, I do. Okay. All right. Um, Sir, I think after that, there's not much that I can ask you. I've got to thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Now, Martin Madlala is the spokesperson for the Minister of Mineral Resources.